Happy Tag Tuesday. How are you? I'm Ann Police. Oh, and I'm Denise Cooper. <laughs> oh, surprise. I We're two average girls. <laughs> we are two average tired girls. Tired, tired in those days between Thanksgiving and Christmas where you don't know what's going on. I like, somebody said to me yesterday yeah. at church, mm-hmm. I hate December. Really? Yes. And I, t- I was taken back because yeah. I love December. Yeah. But I do feel her pain because this last week I kind of hit a wall. What kind of wall? Um, the mental wall where, holy crap, I have so far behind, I'm never going to catch up. As far as gift giving or what? Some of, no, just getting Christmas together yeah. in my house. Yes. You and I both left yes. to go on vacation Yes, during Thanksgiving. Because we are empty nesters and that's what we do. We can do it. We can do it. Like we can eat dessert first. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Do you ever do that? No. Oh my gosh, you need to live a little. Listen, I eat dessert all the time. I know you do. <laughs> I'm never without dessert. Listen, I'm just saying that when you're an empty nester, like yep. we are, yep. this is something for all those young moms, if you're looking forward to like, oh, when is this ever going to end? Mm. One of the things, once it ends, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Your kids don't always love it or appreciate it. No. But this time my kids did because we have gone in the past, like right after Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. right before Thanksgiving on our sailing trips. That's right. This is sailing season. That's right. I forgot yes. about that. Denise yes. is very bougie. I When she... I say sailing, everyone's like, oh, do you have a captain and a cook? No, we sail our own boat. But it's still... And we cook our own food. It's an amazing boat though. It is an amazing boat. We rent a boat. Anyway, yeah. that's a whole other podcast but you didn't do that no we decided to and this was early on this year we decided to celebrate our 35th wedding anniversary which we actually celebrated in september officially Mm -hmm. we decided to celebrate it um at thanksgiving time and take the all the whole family 11 of us Mm -hmm. three grandchildren and the kids and their significant others to maui nice and we chose maui a long time ago because there's so much it's such an easy place to go with the family yes. when you go to any beach there. But Kanapali specifically mm-hmm. is a big strip of hotels. It's got a boardwalk. It's got great shopping, great eating. Yes. And you walk out of your condo and you are literally on the beach. Right. Um, and then the fires happened. And so I wasn't uh. sure what to do. And I literally, not only did the fires happen, and because the fires happened, the cost of flights were out of control and they were out of control because it was thanksgiving which yeah. i didn't realize was i knew it was going to be people were going to go there busy i didn't expect it to be quadruple the po- cost of a flight sure, yeah 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 thank goodness for american express points mm-hmm. um but we en- ended up about a month and a half to two months before deciding whether we were going to go mm-hmm. because i didn't want to disrespect the island no and the people of the island right and I made phone calls to not only the place we were staying, shout out to the Ali'i, if anybody ever is going to be in Kanapali on the beach, there's a lot to choose from. It's top notch, beautiful, great place to be. 
Um, and the service there is phenomenal. Nice. Um, but if I, I, I called them and of course they want you to come because they need money. Well, yeah, tourism is their it is their thing. It is their bread and butter. But I wanted to know. So I had other people who are owners in different condos there. I checked with a lot of people. I called photographers. Mm -hmm. I called the people who have picked us up before to bring us to to and from the airport. Yeah, because I wanted to find out from people who actually live there and it's their livelihood. Should I come? What they say? Uh, Please come. Really good. You know, the locals did not want us there. Well. The they might not want you there anyway. They 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 <laughs> they are just, and I don't blame them. I I get why they're frustrated and yeah. and struggling. Yeah, because it is a terrible situation, and what they went through is PTSD situation. It's they're bad. going to need lots of mental help and support. Mm-hmm. And what's going on over there is not much, at mm-hmm. least to the naked eye. You can't see much going on. So I get why they're frustrated. But I was so grateful that the people that I talked to, and I ended up seeing most of those people that I made arrangements with ahead of time, they all are going to lose their homes unless people start going there. Yeah. They they are part of the tourist market there. Right. And if you don't show up, they don't have a livelihood. Yeah. They were literally, I, we played golf one day and there was locals there and they were behind us and we started talking to them. They're like, Oh, where are you guys from? We told him and they're like, thanks for coming. And I'm mm-hmm. like, really? And she, he's like, yes. Mm-hmm. This was like, this was like COVID all over again. Here. Uh, yeah. People can't survive it again. No, they can't. But it's... you have to be respectful. We didn't drive into Lahaina proper. You can see it from when you're driving from the airport. It is sombering. Mm-hmm. There is a memorial wall oh, of is. all the people who with pictures, crosses, uh. their flags of origin sitting there Mm. showing where they're from yeah and that they lost their life and it is it's humbling yeah it's It's humbling it's such a beautiful gorgeous place to be Mm -hmm. we just felt grateful to be there and we had a great time it was magical it was literally magical there's something about again for grandparents if you've never vacationed with your grandkids (laughs) there's something about waking up early in the morning mm-hmm. being able to see them right away we did not share a condo with the grandkids probably a good idea i'm I, just gonna say i have some limits sure, sure sure. i would have let them spend the night with us but they weren't into that they wanted to be with their parents first time on a plane for both the oh, grandkids how exciting was that oh grace has already been on a plane prior to that but she's so little she didn't know but they were so excited i mean henry was just <laughs> it was so cute i should post his little yes. reaction he is so cute just being thrilled to be on that plane, but it's six hours. So there's, we, mm-hmm. we made his mom made sure they had everything. Mm-hmm. We got everything together. It was just great. Yes. I can't say enough about it. There is a time change difference. So when Henry wakes up at 445 in the oh, morning, no, you are not that happy. No, he is. Oh, he's ecstatic. He's thrilled to be up. He's thrilled to be up. It's going to be a great day. He's not wrong. <laughs> when you're in paradise, being up at 445 seems like a great idea. It's going to be a great day, according to Henry. It's also very long. <laughs> <laughs> poor baby. Poor, ba- poor parents. Poor parents. Everyone was tired. Everyone had the best time. I felt so blessed and grateful to be surrounded by my family. Mm. And Hod and I, 
you know, that's what, when you're married 35 years and you've raised this family and now they're raising their own families and you get to experience that with them, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there's nothing better. That's what it's all about. It's really what it's all about. Oh, we I'm just felt so, so good. I'm glad for you. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm glad you went. You were on a vacation as well. And it was a pretty exciting vacation. It was interesting. We went on a cruise to the Panama Canal. It took 15 days. It's a long time Ooh, on a boat. That is a long time on a boat. <laughs> I've spent a week... And eight days on a boat. Yeah. But not never two weeks. And two that weeks was a time. cruise ship, though. You're not on a sailing oh, no, no. ship. I'm not on a little sailing ship. It was a gigantic cruise ship with 4,000 people. Literally. There were 4,000 people on the boat. Wow. Yeah. Uh, food was delicious. We went to the Panama Canal. Oh, that's exciting. Which is something we've been wanting to do for a very long time. But we could never sort of justify the 15 days at sea type of thing. Because we had a kid and then we had, you know, whatever. But we did it and we were happy that we did there's really no other way to see it and it was fascinating it was so interesting we had such a good time we got to see central america mm. we went to cartagena oh yes you know little, little drug capital situation it was a good did time you pick up anything on your way in I, i'm out? not gonna say okay. one way or another uh, i'm just gonna say that i got through customs no problem okay so that's all go. that matters that's all that matters uh no there was there was uh you it, felt safe there it was eye-opening it was. It was eye-opening because there were things there that we were expecting to happen that never happened. People were so sweet. Everybody was so nice. The people in South America, hands down, I mean, Latin America in general, they're just kind, good people. Yeah, it was really fun and interesting. And yeah, we had a great time. And the Panama Canal, I can't say enough about it. We just kept going. They engineered this at the turn of the century. I know. What the heck? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And and even when you're still now at this time in, in our lives, yeah. when we have seen so much, mm-hmm. so much technology, so much progress, progress, so much all of these things, right. and to still be amazed and awed by something like that. Even at that, we're looking at it going, well, if they had to do it today, what would they do? I think they'd probably do the same thing. I never realized why they needed to make these locks. The and locks, change. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all so interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about it, but... It was interesting. It was very interesting. The thing that I am was so proud about, and of course people are going to be like, of course Americans colonize everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe we do. But the American presence down there, the U.S. presence down there when the, the Pan- Panama Canal was being built is, it's very, it makes you proud to be an American. Because we sent people down there yeah. to solve problems. Yeah. To get stuff done. Because the French tried to do it originally. The French tried to do it originally. Everybody died of Mm -hmm. malaria or Mm -hmm. some, you know, mosquito-borne illness. Something like, I mean, there's more that's, uh, it's more to it than that. You simplified that, that, but yes. I simplified it, but yeah. And then, you know, we, we got involved and as with everything, it's like, well, we kind of took over, but we also made a lot of things happen and we sent a lot of really smart people down there to do some really great things. And without, without them... It wouldn't have gone as smoothly. Scientists, people who, they, they sent a guy down there, and this is totally stupid, but it's like they sent this guy down there who was essentially the Surgeon General um, back in the day. He wasn't called that. And he's the one who was like, it's mosquitoes, everybody. And everyone was like, no, it's not. It's the water. No, it's, the, it's that. It's whatever. And he was like, it's mosquitoes. Let me just solve this problem for you. He gets down there, solves the mosquito problem. Everyone's living healthy lives, and they're like, hey it was mosquitoes (laughs) so it was stories like that that i was just like oh my gosh it seems so (laughs) ridiculous now yeah to all of us because you know we google anything we are worried about and we find some truths and some 
fantasy when you're Googling. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. Mm-mm. That's why they say no to Google it. Which, it's of probably, course, is why I always do. You have to Google it immediately. <laughs> immediately. Oh, got this spot on my arm. <laughs> what I'm is gonna, it? I think it's cancer. <laughs> Says it on Google. It could be cancer. Uh, uh, so, yes. So, I, it was stuff like that that I was just like, I'm sorry. We're I, People have a lot of problems. Americans have a lot of problems with Americans. We're in a time right now where everyone's just like, we're the worst. We're so bad. I'm just not down for the whole... We're, we suck. Yeah. I don't like the attitude. Let's not go there. I don't like it either. I don't like it. I'm not about it. And when you travel and you go see things in countries that don't have the opportunities that Americans have had, will probably never have, you go, we're pretty awesome. We give opportunity. We give charity. We are pretty great. So anyway, that's what I took away from it, most of all. Big question for you. Tell me. Really the most important question of your vacation. Ask me. The food. Oh on a gosh. cruise. The food on the cruise was absolutely delicious. We didn't know what to expect. We were not just going through Mexico, which right now there are reasons to not go to Mexico sure. and stay there. So we were going through Mexico. That was fine. We didn't need to stay there. And then Central America, we just didn't know what to expect. So it was very nice knowing all our stuff is safely back on the ship and we're going to go back on the ship and have good food. Now, the food that we had in town delicious really yeah but the food on this ship was next level and we were with we with two friends one was an experienced cruiser and he was like making reservations at the french restaurant and we're like okay it's probably not that different of food than the rest of the food oh no 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 so they have restaurants see when we went it was you sit in the main yes dining area and everyone right you, you could go there and you have a time that you go there and you that's how it was when we went the first time, which was uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Yes. Um, now, there were a minimum of probably 15 individual restaurants, all with different themes. Really? Yes, there was a teppanyaki restaurant where they were doing like um, oh, Benihana. Yeah. See, I love that. And then there was, of course, the huge buffet with all the seating is what you're probably, yes. that's probably what you're thinking of. And you get anything you want from Chinese food to salad bar to pancakes at midnight, all this stuff. But then there's these individual restaurants and that's where, that's, the where, magic the good, that's where the magic happened. That is really cool. It was really cool. It might be good to take our family on a cruise. Yes, I think they'd the enjoy it. Yes. The kids would love it. There's plenty for the kids to do. And when you're at sea, they make sure those sea days are packed with stuff. I won at bingo a cruise. Wow. First of all, let's just back up. I played bingo. Probably I, I ha- was still stuck on that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times. Anytime we were at sea, we were in the bingo lounge playing bingo. I didn't know it was a thing. It's a thing and it's very exciting. Is it? Bingo is very exciting. I don't know. Everyone in our party won. They Both of the you guys have those won stampers? cash. Do you have the stampers? People brought their own daubers. You don't need to. They have a like a punch. You punch through it. Oh. So it's fine. But... Um, people who are serious cruisers and there are people there i met a couple get this they were an interesting looking couple which is why i sort of sidled up to them uh they were sitting at a bar and i had gone up to this this bar to get a coke and he was sort of sitting there and i i don't know how to describe him without sounding insulting but he had he had tattoos on his face okay and it was it was a look yeah, he's making a statement. He was making a statement. Sure. Um, wasn't he was dressed differently than anyone else on the cruise? How old is he? Might have been fifties. Oh, so he's but it was hard to tell. 
Yeah, because he has a lot of tattoos. Had a lot of tattoos on his face. Maybe that's what that's the trick. And he was with his his lady who she also had tattoos on not on her face, but she went with him. They went together. Yes, they were good together. And then there was a brother or a brother in law who looked just like the man I was talking to. Oh, so this all in the family. It was a whole family situation. So I he's a tattoo artist. He's not a tattoo artist. I had seen him, and I then I saw him at the bar, and I was with our entire group. We were playing cards. We were day at sea, and I was like, I'm gonna go talk to that guy. So I roll up there and I just kind of wedged my way in and I said something to him like, sorry, I'm totally invading your space. And he's like, you can invade my space anytime. He had a Southern accent. Oh, nice. Uh, it turns out he's from Virginia. Mm, West Virginia. Via Alabama. Okay. And he was taking this cruise. We got on the cruise in Long Beach and we went, ended in Miami. He was staying on the boat in Miami and coming back. They were spending a month at sea. Uh. Yes, and he told me they take probably six cruises a year. Wow! What? And they're we, gone for a month. What does he do that he can do that? Didn't ask. I I I I feel claustrophobic thinking about it. That's the problem: is that you kind of can't escape the smallness of the space that you're in, even if you're outside. It'd be great with a family, with your family yes. and little kids. We talked about maybe doing a Disney cruise. Disney cruises. I, I mean, we just our accountant is on a Disney cruise right now through the Panama Canal. Oh, fifteen, but it's 15 days. days. No, don't do that. Uh, no, Mm-mm. we're gonna do like a seven day or seven that, days would be mwah, perfect. Yes, yeah, not, not gonna do that. Well, I think this is a great segue because <gasps> we're talking about fun things. We are. We're talking about some of the things that we love to do. We love to travel. We do. We love Christmas. We're gonna. We're doing a special Christmas episode. Between now and Christmas, now the 26th is a Tuesday. The day after Christmas yes. is a Tuesday. Yes. So we just want our listeners to know our loyal listeners to know we're gonna hit a rerun on that day (laughs) we're gonna hit rerun on tuesday the 26th um we're not you're just gonna have to be surprised as to which one comes up i think i know which one we're gonna do i think i do too but anyway we just want to let you know that between now and christmas we're gonna have some fun christmas stuff and then the day after christmas we're taking it we're taking a day off we are and i think you might be taking it off as well that's why we're doing it that's why we're doing it we're doing it but anyway what do you what do you want to start with with your fun christmas factoids well you know i just think that we all have traditions we just don't know where all of them came from (laughs) you know what i mean like we have all of these things you have your tree up. You have a fake tree, right? Yes. I have a fake tree. Yes. A lot of people are like, oh, purists are like, oh, you need the real thing. No, I'm a purist. I'm a purist until my husband's allergies got so bad that I was like, you he's can't like, do he's this. Really special needs when it comes his- to his allergies. <laughs> he can't have a dog and he can't have a real tree. He he's wants- like a diva. <laughs> he is so high maintenance. I, I do call him Beyonce around the house because he's such a diva. No, he's just the opposite. And because of the way he dances. I mean, have you seen I him have bust a move? on that guy. I mean. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. But yes, it is. It's interesting that there's, the allergies are so bad. Yeah. Well, in California, Don't do it. it's also difficult because you go and buy a tree that's been trucked from somewhere it's been, three weeks before. Yes. And then you get it up and within, before Christmas, it's like kindling to the place of because we just had a Santa Ana condition here yesterday and it was like 80 degrees outside with a little bit of wind things don't survive that well with that even if you keep water in there so I know I mean I I've had a a fake tree for the last 10 years because I like putting it up early and not being 
a slave to taking it down exactly. at a certain time. And also, heavy ornaments don't fit on regular trees. They don't. And it, also, your dogs, won't they drink the water? No, they wouldn't be able to get to it. My dogs wouldn't care about it. Really? No. Have you had dogs that cared about uh, it? No. I've never had a dog. That That's the problem with people with dogs is they're like, oh, the tree. Oh, no, no. It's usually cats with trees. Oh, okay. Cats. My daughter has cats, and I'm just expecting that thing to go down. <laughs> I'm just saying, her her cats are crazy. I don't I don't see that ki- tree making it till Christmas. No. But anyway, the, you know Rockefeller Center has got the world's most That's famous right. tree. That's right. So do you know that the very first Rockefeller Center Christmas tree was actually very small? How small was it? Well, <laughs> construction workers placed the first small undecorated tree at Rockefeller Center in 1931. 1931. Uh huh. Okay. These days, the famous tree features more than 50,000 multicolored LED lights, and that translate in that translates into nearly five miles of lights. What? Yes. So I don't know how big it was, but compared yeah. to the Rockefeller tree, it was, you know, little. But that's where the tradition started. I had no idea. I just thought it was commercialized, the whole thing. Yeah. I think it started because some construction workers wanted to make that area that they were working in feel festive yeah and now we have got a tradition (laughs) that we couldn't just like let's just put up a tree we have to put up a humongo tree um it's it's 80 to 85 years old and weighs 12 tons what's 80 to 85 years old the tree that's how long it took to grow this tree that listen i am not an environmentalist shocking but that is that seems like well he gave it that long he should just stay it's up 80 feet tall and oh. 43 feet wide oh so okay. it lands in rockefeller center in november of every year and this year it landed there on november 11th mm-hmm. accompanied by a ceremony which um with book readings letters to santa ornament making and um there's a one guy that yeah. chooses the tree for the last 30 years it's the same guy no mm-hmm. yep. that's fun his name is Eric Paws, if anybody cares. <laughs> but like you said, 80-foot tree, it just seems like... And this isn't one year. This is every year. Yeah. Um. So I don't... I don't know. I, <laughs> it's kind of ended in a dwindle. It's I, like, think, oh. I think personally they should have a fake tree that they just put up every year. You know people would lose their minds well, if I they did that. Well, I think that people should lose their mind. I don't think we should be cutting down a tree that big. An 85-year-old tree? But I, I guess they have... They're growing them just for Rockefeller Center? Probably. And they, of course, they're replanting. People are really good at that now. It's like if we cut one tree down, we plant three, you know, kind of yeah. thing. So I get it. But yeah, people would lose their minds if that tree wasn't trucked in. People stand by the side of the road and watch that thing come into town. He says he has a summer helper. Yeah. Is it an elf? At the Rockefeller... Well, he he started as a summer helper at the Rockefeller Center in 1988. This is the guy, Eric Paz, who is... His last name is spelled P-A-U-Z-E. P-A-U-Z. Pause? I'd say pause. I'm but not very good with this. I'm sure the stuff. Germans are going to be like all over us. <laughs> now he manages, now as he started as a summer helper and he now manages all of the center's gardens. Oh. Yep. What a great job. Yep. He thinks about the annual Christmas tree almost every day beforehand. Oh, I'll bet he does. That's so funny. Yeah. Thinks about it every day. Yep. Um. Okay. Moving on. Today, the day we're recording is December the 11th. Okay. That has no real meaning in your life, Denise. Okay. But it is a day that scientifically, mm, 
that might be giving it too much credit. I'm not sure scientifically. <laughs> but traditionally, maybe over the years, there's been a trend. It's called breakup day. December 11th is oh i get i'm i'm starting are to you get getting the, there the hamster wheels are moving i'm understanding why you're saying this it's the most common day That's for couples to call it quits breakups inevitably part of life but according to statistics mm-hmm. i like to say science but according to statistics <laughs> there's one particular day that is worse for relationship breakdowns and after analyzing things like social media posts and data, different things that, you know, people have managed to find to put together some sort of statistical analysis. Data experts say that December the 11th is the most common day of the year for people to break up. Now, why would you think that is, Denise Cooper? I think it's because people don't want to buy gifts for each other. (laughs) That's part of it. That's a big part of it. But also, they don't want to have to take the person home to meet their family. Oh, yes. I don't know why that seems so tragic to me. It's like, well, because the person's not good enough because you're embarrassed about your family. Maybe both. Both. (laughs) There's just a few factoids that go with this breakup day. Experts say that couples get anxious about meeting each other's families. So you might be breaking up because you don't want to meet the family, not because you're bringing them home to your family. Over half of people in relationships say they feel pressure to invite their significant other, no matter where they're sort of at in the relationship. As you said, it started as a booty call. And now what are we doing? We're seeing each other every weekend. So mom and dad expect me to bring this person home. Um, they're under pressure to invite that person to family gatherings, adding even more stress because it's like, I don't really like that person that much. They're also stressed out about buying a gift. As you said, 40% of people see ending their relationship as a way of getting out of buying a significant gift for the holidays, which I think is really, that tells you everything you need to know about that person. You can give me a homemade gift if it's done with some heart. I don't care. It's very complicated. So there's this last, since we want to end on an up note, (laughs) it doesn't have to be lonely at Christmas. Experts say if you're serious about your relationship, have a serious conversation with your partner about how the holidays may impact it so that you don't have to call it quits. So they're suggesting some kind of middle ground. Right. Okay. Or Talk about it. You could talk about it or you could just break up. (laughs) And then go home to your... Since communication isn't a real strong suit for this new generation, it might just be a breakup. Well, over text. (laughs) Over text. (laughs) Or on Instagram, Messenger. Oh, just ghost them. TikTok. Just just ghost them. Did you know that The Grinch is the highest grossing Christmas film of all time? It can't possibly be. The cartoon or the one with Jim Carrey? Uh, The cartoon. No. I'm sorry. I don't like that movie. Do you like that? 2018 and computer animated film brought in 500... 112 million dollars really almost 513 million dollars worldwide the runner-up home alone sure the christmas classic from 1990 do you like the grinch do you like that story i i don't love it yeah okay i'm not a lover of it never was right yeah. do you like dr seuss i do i do too i love dr seuss i and i don't mind the grinch but it's become so commercialized and it's so they've redone it so many times i think the story behind the grinch is perfect yeah it's a great story mm-hmm. but we've forgotten about the story and we've we've made this like you said we've commercialized the grinch in himself yeah so being the Grinch is almost like a good thing. Uh, yeah, it's like really fun and funny. It's, it's like, fun and funny. It's not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not into it like that. But no. so we did talk about Christmas movies. My yeah. son and his wife have got something that they love to do. They make a list. Yeah. Every year. Okay. Well, 
it's only been a few years since they've been married. Sure. But this year they made a list and literally wrote it down mm-hmm. of all the Christmas movies they want to watch. And they are watching one every night. I, I mean, they that. have that many Christmas movies. Now, do they run from the traditional to the to the Home Alone? My son kind of loves animation. Yes. So he would love The Grinch, I'm sure. Sure. He also just mentioned a movie called Klaus. Oh, uh-huh, I've seen Klaus. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. That's a... Um, kind of new. Anima- it's animated mm-hmm. as well. He, my husband and I are going to watch it on his recommendation. Yeah. He loves it all. He'll watch Elf. He'll watch Home Alone. Mm-hmm. He, he watches everything. I he love watches that. the holiday. You know, yeah. they all made, they both made their list. And he made a perfect statement about this. And I thought at first it was kind of silly, but he said, uh, he goes, it's really fun. And it gives you something to look forward to mm-hmm. every night. Every night. Because you are sitting at home and ultimately most of us are turning the television on just to unwind yeah why not put on a christmas movie always that's all i have running i don't oh really we even came home last night and we're watching more football and i was like when is football going to end (laughs) and my husband said never it's not it's never ending i mean and it wasn't great for me anyway people (laughs) lost that i didn't want to see lose yesterday it was just a lot of football (laughs) and it was like 10 o'clock at night and we're still watching more football yeah and we're watching the analysis on football and i was like why are we not watching a Christmas movie? If you just have it on in the background. It's really fun. I do have Alexis playing Christmas music every day. Good. That's good. I like it. Got to get in that holiday spirit. Love it. Since we're talking about music, do you know the best-selling Christmas song? There's singles, there's song, there's albums. There's a bunch of different lists. Do you know what the best-selling one is? Um, Mariah Carey? She's one of them. All I want for Christmas is you. Do you like that song? I do. I love that song. I do too. And I'm not I'm not going to say I hate her. I don't no. hate her. I don't love her. Oh, I love Mariah. Oh. She's hilarious. I yeah, I'm not I Talk about a diva. Th- that's probably why I don't like her. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's I I love her. But she definitely has one of the best-selling singles with All I Want for Christmas is You. Another one though, which is still hanging in there, is Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Oh. That's still hanging in. A lot of these older songs like Bing Crosby's Silent Night, you know, all of that, they still sort of hang in there. But then you get some really annoying ones like the the Chipmunks. <laughs> the Chipmunk song. Okay. So anyway, there's tons of fun lists on Reddit and different things that are like, here are the here's the best selling. And of course it changes every year. You know, there's always something new that comes on. But then depending on the list that you're looking at, right. I'm I'm on like a YouTube list. Mm-hmm. Mariah is number one. Wham. Last Christmas. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I haven't heard that word, the word wham in a long time. Really? I say it constantly. I love wham. <laughs> I, I used to love wham. Oh my gosh, did you see the wham documentary? No. Oh, you have to watch it. Oh, I'm going to watch oh, it. Oh, you get a you get a young George Michael in there. It's just it's a lot of fun. Um so those that's all positive and great, but you know me. I like the darker side. <laughs> the worst Christmas songs ever written. There's a list. What is it? <clears throat> There's a lot of songs that you've just never even heard of. And some of them you're like, oh, yeah, every once in a while I I hear Dominic the Donkey. <laughs> Sometimes you hear that, you know. I don't know that one. Oh, you'll, yes, you would know it if you heard it. It's it's an old-timey song. And, and they're like, this is one of the worst songs ever. Okay, it might be. But also the Killers did a song called Don't Shoot Me Santa. Oh. In 2007. Wow. You guys are fun. Leanne Rhymes' Carol of the Bell is supposed to be the worst, like one of the worst, I, which is like, Leanne Rhymes, really? 
Okay. They say she sounds like she's been locked in a belfry singing oh, the song. Nice. Whatever. In sync. I never knew the meaning of Christmas. Those are all That's like I like I've never I think heard that. I think that there are it's almost like a movie critic, right? Maybe. Like you you have this notion of what a movie should be and how it should be yes. how it should be portraying certain subjects or whatever. Right. And if a song doesn't fit that bill, mm-hmm. then I mean, because literally a chipmunk music. Yeah. That's not like. Don't do that. I like it. Do you? Oh, when I hear it, I get so happy. We actually were doing a lot of Christmas stuff on Fun Friday with Henry. And I had Alexa playing it. And I was asking him to play fun music. Yeah. And when he heard the chipmunks. Sure. We had to have that on repeat several times. Every kid loves that song. I mean, it's so fun. It's amazing. The number one, according to Rolling Stone, worst Christmas song ever performed. Okay. Is the little drummer boy no i love the little drummer boy that's one of my favorite songs by jessica and ashley simpson well <laughs> i haven't heard that but i don't need to i i, I will say you I'm, absolutely well, don't need to i'm gonna listen to it now though it's really bad oh i i listened to it on your behalf Thank for you. for our audience you're welcome but that doesn't even come close to i looked through all the lists and i couldn't find the song that is the worst song the worst christmas song ever written so we're gonna have aiden drop in a bit of this song <laughs> in case people don't know which song it is there we're gonna give them a taste it's called the christmas shoes and it's by a christian vocal group called new song have huh. you heard this song no you I haven't have you've never heard it okay here's here's a little taste for you sure i wanna buy these shoes for my mama it's Christmas Eve and these shoes are just her size. Could you hurry, sir? Daddy says there's not much time. You heard it? I have. Yeah. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. You've heard of it. So- I've heard it. I've heard it on the radio, I think, because I listen to a lot of Christian rock yeah <laughs> yeah sure because uh, you know sometimes i no, just, I like christian rock i have to do that because yeah. when i'm driving in california i want to kill oh, somebody it's mandatory and it feels like if you listen to christian songs and you don't get as mad at people on the freeway you need to have a reminder that the lord is in the car with you I just literally <laughs> like just try to bring the spirit with me so that i can get to la without hurting myself or anyone else this song is not going to do it the song will make you want to kill i i Again, it's in the eyes of the beholder. I would not vote that as the worst song no. ever. No. No way. We make fun of that song around my house as if because it's... Because you're very cynical people. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I am hurt and also complimented. Thank you. And honored. And honored. Thank you. But no, it's a song about a little boy whose mother is dying. I know. And he goes and buys her shoes so she can meet Jesus. I know. Come on. I know. It's the worst. I know. And But I am sappy and it's... You're not that sappy. You can't be. I wouldn't listen to it because it would make me cry. Denise. I'm sorry. We need to have a we need to have a tough enough. Is this, like, is this an intervention? It might be an intervention. It's like a song intervention. It's gotta be. I I listen to just about anything. Well, I do too, but this song hits a nerve. It's particularly egregious. <laughs> <laughs> I love Christian I love Christmas music. And I like Christian music too, but Christmas music is my favorite. I start listening to it as soon as Coast 103.5 yeah. allows it. Yeah. to be on which is like thanksgiving night well now we have it in our cars on carplay and i exactly. just have a whole list of songs that i like my favorites yes. that go on there and 
My husband has the greatest playlist. It's like oh. a Spotify. Can he invite me? Yeah, I'll have him invite you. He can invite everyone. He can invite the world. Christmas shoes, not on there. <laughs> Sorry. I won't look for it. Sorry. I won't look for okay, it. Okay, good. Don't. Well, you know that every Christmas Eve, the North American Aerospace Defense Command Center adjusts its satellites to track, and that's also, by the way, short for NORAD. That's NORAD. You know, NORAD, NORAD. began to track Santa. And it started to track Santa because it began with the wrong number. What? Somebody called the wrong number. What are you talking about? Yep. So they adjust the satellites to track Santa on his journey around the world. The famous holiday tradition all started in the 1950s when a young child accidentally called a NORAD command center looking for jolly old Saint Nick. How did he do that? I have no idea, but that is so sweet. Where's your mother? <laughs> Why? Where's this your... is the 1950s. Oh, so mom was drinking a cosmopolitan in the other room with her kitten fabulous heels. with her kitten heels the roast was done in the oven and her apron was off she was off duty she was over it no she he was calling to find out where she probably said why don't you make a phone call and ask the operator that it's it was like <laughs> make a call just make a call, would Go you call please? someone little bobby please do yeah on december 24th 1955 air force Air Force Colonel Harry Shoup, mm -hmm. the operations officer at North American Aerospace Defense Command. Like many origin stories, NORAD's mission to track Santa began by accident. A young child trying to reach Santa misdialed the misprinted phone number from a department store ad oh. from Montgomery Wards. <gasps> Monkey Wards. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. And people don't, most of our listeners probably won't even know what that is, no. but... Montgomery Wards was kind of a big deal. It was a big deal. It was we like the original department store. Yep. So it's the 67th year that they are in business for Oof. tracking it. And I can tell you, my grandkids love it. Oh, I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. You pull it up on the big screen. You have it on YouTube. And they can, you can watch it. It's yeah. great. You it's can track really, Santa. Really, really it's amazing. Cute. Yep. Yeah. So that's a little bit about the tracking. Thank you. And the origin. Thank you for that. Um... I just assumed that NORAD was able to monetize it, came up with the idea, and did, I, this is how cynical I am. Denise, you're right. <laughs> I am cynical. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have another one. Okay, go ahead. Did you know that Jingle Bells was the first song ever played in space? No. Well, it was the first Christmas song. On December 16th, 1965... Wow, I was just a few months old. No. The classic Christmas song was broadcast during NASA's Gemini 6A space flight. Okay. That's according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, so it's official. It's official. I love that. All right. You've heard me talk on this very podcast as well as just generally about the time that Warren and I accidentally got involved in a furry convention. Yes. Yes. It's one of the <laughs> highlights of our conversations. Truly. One of the My highlights. husband and I have literally talked about it over and over again because it's so funny. Because we experienced not a furby contest or whatever. A furry con convention. No, we didn't do that, but we were at one of those sci-fi things and it was... Oh, a sci-fi convention? Yeah, it was weird. It's It gets kooky. Well, and we have friends who go to Comic-Con and they love it. Yeah. I mean, it's like... And these are normal people. I'm not saying anything like weird about it. I'm just saying it's like people love a convention. People love a con. People love... We do love a con. You and I love a con. Crime con. I love crime con. We I would go, go to that. We're going to go to that. And listen, people will think we're really weird because we do. So we can't judge a con. No, but we're not going to dress up. I might. 
Really? What if you dressed up like your favorite serial killer? I was just going to say that. Like I roll in like Jeffrey in a- Jeffrey Dahmer? What if I rolled in in like a, a gold Volkswagen bug dressed oh, so as a tennis be, player? Oh, so you're going to be Ted Bundy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'll With be a broken Jeffrey arm. Dahmer. You're going to be Jeffrey Dahmer. Maybe I will. You're going to wear those glasses, aren't you? I will. You want to wear those glasses. Bring my freezer with me. And like a toupee. Ooh, like a little igloo roller. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> We're dressing for the crime con. Let's do it. People won't have to guess. They'll Nothing just know. Nothing Christmas like a little bit of murder, okay? <laughs> well, this is a different con. I think you're going to like this a lot. This is a good con. Um, SantaCon happened oh. earlier this month in New York City. Only New York could host SantaCon. Wow. Right? So thousands of people piled in to kick off SantaCon 2023. There were Grinches. Oh. There were dogs dressed but it's up. SantaCon. Why are we bringing I'm, the Grinch in? I'm getting in? into that. I'm getting okay, into that. Okay. Well, hold okay. on. I'm a purist. There were notoriously drunk Santas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it ran the gamut. You've seen Bad Santa, haven't you? I on, love Bad that's Santa. That's a good one, too. It's such a great movie. Um, yeah, they all convened on Midtown for a pub crawl. Oh, yeah. Yes. I want to take a picture of that. There's pictures. We're going to post one on our Instagram. So be sure and go to TwoAverageGirlsPodcast.com. You can see the picture of SantaCon. The event usually draws around 30,000 participants. All all people dressed up like Santas and stuff? Yes, yes. Crowds flooded the streets this year chanting, We are Santa. And singing, <laughs> Santa Con is coming to town. That is fun. It's fun. One Mrs. Claus jumped jumped rope in the streets while others took shots from mini liquor bottles typically found on airplanes. I mean, it was a party. Wow. It was crazy. There's people in ugly sweaters. So it's not like a purist's version of yes. SantaCon, which that happens too. This one, though, is more about the party. How there, long has that been going on? Um, Let me see how long it's been going <clears throat> on. People take that, well, there's a couple that they found for this particular article, which comes to us from the New York Post. There was a couple that took the train down from Philadelphia for oh their first SantaCon because they wanted to be involved. Um, We're spreading holiday cheer, said the woman, and getting drunk, <laughs> she added. <laughs> Four childhood friends, and these guys are quite something. They look like they could be, uh, I don't know, maybe Eastern European, possibly Russian, because they're all in Adidas tracksuits. <laughs> these are four childhood friends, all between the ages of 30 and 25. They drove from Connecticut, decked out in their matching velour jumpsuits. Hilarious. Wife beaters, gold tank, gold chains, tank tops. It kind of has a little bit of a Tony Soprano look to it. Yes. Only they're in shape. It's kind of amazing. Um, they, hold on, the special guest singer was none other than Michael Buble. Really? Love the Buble. We love him. He's got, I didn't mention it in my music segment, his Christmas album, best. It is, I think we've talked about this before, maybe not on air, but I would agree. It's the best. It's the it's the thing that introduced me to Michael Bublé. I'm like, yes. does he sing anything else? I don't care. I just love this that Christmas little kroner. Music. He's the greatest. So he was there to kick off the day. He says, every time we hear one of my songs today, let's take a shot. Oh, but also drink responsibly. <laughs> and everyone was well, like, you're just yeah. walking. Yeah, they're just walking around. Partiers dispersed uh, to the bars around noon. Um, oh, it's early. It's, listen, this is happening. One overserved participant. Mm -hmm. There was many. There were many. Fled to the uh, Starbucks there on Times Square <laughs> because that was the only place that he could get into a bathroom to be sick. Oh. Yeah. By noon. Oh. Right. 
So it's rough. The revelers drew a day-long alcohol ban aboard the Metro North Railroad and the Long Island Railroad trains, so they couldn't drink on the train. Um, there was increased police presence because they were afraid that's what exactly what was going to be happening. So officers handed out an unknown number of open containers <laughs> and disorderly conduct tickets. That I can see. The, the open containers, I just would have thought, like, let's give up. There's 30,000 of these Santos here. No, they're not giving up. They're doubling down there in New York City. There's, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna die on that cross in New York City? There's a lot of problems. <laughs> There's a lot of issues happening. I think that maybe we can give Santa a break for one day. Yeah, well, it gets a little darker. Organizers warned on social media, please but, don't walk around with open containers of alcohol at the start point or on any New York City sidewalks. It's not legal. You can't oh, do that. You can't? No, you can't have an open container out on the street. Not even in New York? Not even in New York. Just in Vegas. They have some standards. Vegas has no standards. Love there, you. There's actually ve- there's actually standards in New York? Yeah. Like, like they have that rule. Yeah, they have that. That's a law. They will ticket you. Oh, I well, didn't you know can't that. get on the metro. You can't get on the tube or whatever, the I subway. Get, yeah, I could see that. It, you're not driving but if you're it. On drugs, you can. Well, you have to consume them all, then get on. And then behavior come what may. Okay. I mean, who knows? Um,. Nothing ruins a good time like an expensive ticket, is what the cops were saying. So don't do it. Organizers atop trucks tossed garland lays into the crowd. Oh. So it's got a real, like, uh, New Orleans feel. Oh, so it. are they showing? I don't know what they're showing. They held signs that listed their cardinal rules, like, don't mess with the bar staff. So tip your server. Oh. Be okay. nice. Um, this was a specific crew that wanted to make sure that everyone was behaving correctly. Okay. They were driving trucks around, making sure they were in sequin jumpsuits, Santa robes, and a giant pickle costume. Oh. Because, you know, the pickle is good luck. Well, you have to find the pickle on the, on the, on tree. the tree. Yes. Yes. I get it. That's right. I like it. Um, so anyway, it was, it was all in fun and games. As I said, there were some 30,000 people there at SantaCon, and the pictures don't disappoint. Okay, we'll I be can't sure and wait post to some, see them. and they people really came out absolutely. I'm sure some of the purists were like, "This stinks," because people are really going for it. But I think it's like, "Hey, you're having a good time." There's people out on the streets in New York. I would have loved to have seen it. So anyway, it was also canceled um, the year of the pandemic sure and now it's back and people are losing their minds they love it they love it okay so this next story that denise is going to do if you have children in the car (laughs) who are listening turn it off (laughs) or just hit that fast forward button a few times because we're going to be talking about some things that kids shouldn't hear so there's your warning here's your you got some you got a minute you got a second you got a few seconds go ahead and turn it off i'm not even gonna cuss that's, that's no that's the caveat that's the, here it's usually me getting bleeped out no on, the, on this never so don't so if you if you need to ha- take a second go ahead and turn that switch off hit that purple button okay call it pause go so, ahead and i have a question for you tell me what do, do you know what the average age of a kid who doesn't believe in santa anymore like when oh. a kid when did you stop believing in santa i don't remember there being an actual date or time i had older siblings so oh. that kind of makes a little bit of a difference. Um, I would say maybe 10. How's that? Yeah, I think I was probably in that range too. I think you probably suspect before that. Sure. But you don't want the magic to go away. No. Or the presence. Absolutely So not. you just kind of play along for That's as right. long as you possibly can. I always told my kids, if you don't believe, you don't receive. Oh, nice. A rhyme and a threat. Yeah. I love it. If you don't believe, you'll get underwear in your stocking. <laughs> 
and now and I'm socks. like, could you please give me exactly. underwear and socks? Exactly. Well, great. the average age in the United States for no longer believing in Santa Claus is 8.4 years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably gone down. Yeah. I think well, social media, I, and, computers, and, yeah, and kids aren't as innocent as mm-hmm. they used to be, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of information. Being, it says in Mississippi has the oldest average age in Mississippi, Mississippi. okay, of ten point two years old. Oh, that's okay. that's a lot different. That's, that's a lot different. Not far behind Iowa, where the average age is nine point nine years. Mm-hmm. Rounding out the top five oldest are Montana nine point eight, Hawaii nine point five. Delaware and Washington D.C. at nine point four, man. California, what is what's going on here? We're so sophisticated. <laughs> no, we are. I'm shocked and awed by that. But this is a segue for the next for why I wanted to ask you that. Tell me because um, this was a cute kind of feel good story, um, and it has to do with a classic. Do you remember the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street? The movie with the Natalie movie? Wood. Yes, with mm-hmm. Natalie Wood. Mm-hmm. Well. Natalie Wood still believed in Santa Claus when she started when she starred in Miracle on 34th Street. That's lovely. The actress was eight years old during filming, and she, and she later wrote in her biography that she thought Edmund Gwynn, the actor who played Santa Claus in the movie, was actually the real deal. Oh, he looked she, like I know he, really he does. Did, yeah, I had never seen him without his beard because he used to come in early in the morning and spend several hours putting on his wonderful beard and mustache. Mm. And at the end of the shoot, when he had a set, when he had a set party, I saw this strange man without his beard, and I just could not get it together. Oh, it like really traumatized her. Yes, like all of her, she's been working on this movie. Yep, she thought I'm working with Santa. She did think that, and then she got why Poor didn't baby? Why didn't they just keep it going? They couldn't. Hollywood is just so it's cruel. The worst. So cruel. Anyway. I thought that was a sweet story. It is a sweet story. Here's my thing. What? I think we should all believe. I agree. And I, I do. Uh, I believe in the magic of Christmas. And I that's believe what it's in all, all about. of it. Yeah. I believe in all of it. I believe and I know that I usually get something in my stocking. Mm-hmm. So. That's. That's. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's it, all that matters. How it gets there. It's magic. Do you still do stockings for your yes. son? I do too. Stockings. I do stockings for best. every. All the kids. Mm-hmm. No, I love stockings. I love stockings. Stockings are the best. And Which is so great. Yeah. Before we go, I have a few little factoids that I want to that I want to leave that are on a on a high note. Mm-hmm. You as you know, the movie I hate more than any other movie <laughs> in the world is It's a Wonderful Life. And as you know, this has caused me to be cynical. I've had some real problems in my marriage and as a mother because of it. Cynical. Mm-hmm. You can say that all day long. It's a horrible movie. But having said that, I. I'm constantly looking up facts and figures and different things about It's a Wonderful Life because I'm trying to like... Prove a point. I, no, no, you no. You want to be right. No, 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 no. Not at all. I'm trying to participate in the love of It's a Wonderful Life without having to watch the movie. Okay. So here are a few things that you might not know about It's a Wonderful Life. Originally, Cary Grant was slated to play George Bailey, oh. not Jimmy Stewart. Oh, Yes. That would have been a different movie. It would have been a whole different movie because <laughs> Cary Grant brings a vibe of... Yes, he does. Wow. Yeah. And James Stewart didn't quite have that vibe. That's probably why he was picked. That's probably why he was picked. Um, it He he was in The Bishop's Wife, which is a great movie as well. But anyway, that's... James Stewart was the man slated to do it. And he actually had a lot of reservations about doing it because he had just returned from World War II. Oh. And he had what they didn't know at the time was PTSD. Sure. He was, 
he saw some stuff, mm-hmm. and so he had a he had a little bit of a difficult time. Um, Lionel Barrymore, who plays Mr. Potter in the sure. movie, he convinced Jimmy Stewart that he needed to do it, but he was super nervous about it, especially about the phone kiss scene, his first on-screen kiss since returning from war. Aww. It was that so that scene that you see was the yes. first time he'd kissed a woman since he'd been back from Aww. war. I know. Um, the movie was shot in the summer of 1946 in the middle of what was described as one of the worst heat waves on record. Of course. <laughs> of course. Karma, it just couldn't be any easier. So if you look closely this year as you're watching It's a Wonderful Life with your family on a lovely Sunday afternoon, you will be able to see several times where Jimmy Stewart is sweating profusely. It's because even though there's snow falling, he's dying because it's so, <laughs> so hot. And he's also hearing missiles around him he's at all times. just trying to just keep himself together. <laughs> um, also... You know, Donna Reed, the wife. Mm -hmm. This was her first starring role. Really? Yeah. She went on to become very famous with the Donna Reed show, whatever. But this, but It's a Wonderful Life, kicked off her career. She was such a lovely actress. She was so beautiful. Uh, You can see why. Classic. Classic beauty, right? So this was her first starring role. And it was actually, you know, what sort of set her on her way. So Donna Reed, hats off to you. Um... And then one final thing, if you really love It's a Wonderful Life, there is an It's a Wonderful Life Museum located in Seneca Falls. Are you going to go to that? Never. The town is home to the annual It's a Wonderful Life Festival. Plus, you can <laughs> run a movie-themed 5K and enjoy an annual festival each winter there at the old It's a Wonderful Life Museum. You're just trying to make amends. I'm trying to be part of the crowd. I'm trying to fit in. With I'm, my family. I'm just saying. And you. And the world. There has to be other people who don't like It's a Wonderful Life. We've talked about this. There's not. I'm so- <laughs> it's just you. Okay. You're all by yourself. You're all on right. the island. I take it's it. only you. Okay, I'll it's take that. You. Okay. But Merry Christmas. You do believe in the Christmas magic, so I believe that's all that really matters. Christmas is my favorite holiday. I believe everything there is to believe about it. So we've got a except couple weeks. that it's a wonderful life. Except that it's a wonderful life. we got a couple weeks before we get there, so I hope that you are all getting everything done that you need to get done, but also having a great time and enjoying some of that Christmas music. And go ahead and watch Elf. Do that. Go ahead and watch a little Christmas vacation. Christmas with the Cranks. You get to see uh, Tim Allen in a Speedo. Come on. Everybody wants it. So anyway, in the meantime, I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We are Two Average Girls. Thanks for listening. Be sure and rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see you next time. Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Freese.